rooted in faith, rooted in family, rooted in values, rooted in traditions. Welcome to the Rooted Outdoors podcast. Welcome to the Rooted Outdoors podcast. I'm your co-host, Corey Bauman. I'm with my other co-host. I'm going to point this way because that's, that's where you are over there. Dave Ashworth. Dave, what's up, buddy? Not too much. Just hanging out, ready to podcast. Got ready an awesome guest tonight. That Awesome guest. I feel like we've been wanting to have him on for, I don't know, five years now. And it just I mean, hasn't happened, yeah. so. we've been Facebook friends for like two years, so I feel like we already know him. We're almost related now. Almost. I know, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. pretty much. <laughs> Dave, why don't you introduce our guest? Yeah, let's just dive right in. Dive so, right uh, into this thing, man. Uh, it is our pleasure to have Brad Harushka on the podcast tonight. Uh, he is the husband to an awesome wife and the father of two young, beautiful kids. He's a sixth grade math teacher, and he's co-owner of Driven Purpose Outdoors and Driven Purpose Productions. Brad, welcome to the Rooted Outdoors podcast. Thank you guys for having me tonight. Yeah, for sure. We love guests. We yeah, love guests, got, even if they're kids. You got a special kids. guest there? Listen, I, little girl I have a couple. I know. Here, come here, bud. Yeah, show them. This, this is way past bedtime, but this is this is my tractor buddy. So, hey, buddy. What's up, bud? September. Say hi. Hi. There he is. Uh, what's his name? <laughs> Camden. Hey, Camden. What's Say up, hi. buddy? Hi. So, I'm, I've been joking around the last two weeks where hi. Tenley, my daughter, is going to be the one that goes hunting one time, shoots a 150, and he's <laughs> going to be the one putting all the work in all the time and get, doesn't get to shoot anything. That's so, it. <laughs> that, that's how it usually works, but yeah. go back upstairs. Okay, go back upstairs. Good seeing you, right. buddy. Man, we love we love surprise guests. Yeah, oh, man, that's what I'm sorry. We, no, you're good, man. No, we not love at all, it. man. My daughter we pops on it. every now and then. She's sleeping right now, but how old is your daughter? She's five. She just turned five, so nice. Yeah. Um. That's... Yeah. Well, listen, Brad. Uh, why don't you tell us a little more? I know I gave a, a two or three sentence intro. Why don't you tell us a little more about yourself and tell us a little more about Driven Purpose Outdoors and the and the production side of things? For sure. Um. So. Like I said, I'm a sixth grade math teacher. Uh, the way I got to where I am, if it wasn't a uh, map made by God, I mean, it, it, I couldn't put it any other perfectly. You know what I mean? Like the people I met in my life to get to where I'm at. And then it was to top it all off. My wife ends up getting hired at the same school I did. So we've been there for about 11 years now. You know what I mean? Like it, it's just one of those things where you wanted something, you didn't get it, but this is what he had planned for you. And um, so things started to get stale as a teacher because it's hard to bring God up into the classroom. Just it, um, it's not looked upon to do it. So we started a, a group called driven purpose outdoors and with driven purpose outdoors. The goal was to share God's purpose. That, that's our motto. That's what we wanted to do. And um, we never thought it would get to where it is now, but we just wanted to film our hunt. So we started with a Sony little handy cam cost 99 bucks. Just probably like you guys did. You know what I mean? You start it. My first buck that I filmed was self-filmed. I was so pumped up. I got the kill shot. I forgot to do anything else. So all you do is you see a bean field sitting there and the buck's running away. I'm screaming all this stuff and I never touched the camera. So like nice. from that moment on, like I was hooked with filming. And then yeah. it just started with getting together and, and, and it's hard to get people to buy into it too because it's a lot of unselfishness is what it is because you trade hunts with a buddy. You, you learn that if he shoots one, that's just as good as you shooting one, things like that. And um so we got together with a, a group of eight to ten guys and we started driven purpose outdoors well one day in church i'm sitting there and i'm like god how how can this just take off how what do you want us to do with it and he laid it on my heart to just give things out for free so from that day on we it was our purpose just to give things out so thank god but there's about 250 kids in mohawk that have a driven purpose shirt you know what i mean yeah. so that's that's our way that he found to get into the school um Kids come into my classroom, they see it, they ask for one, I bring it to them. And then we started getting wristbands made and stuff like that. So not only do we film our hunts, produce our hunts, but we're, we call ourselves um, an outdoor ministry now is what, is what we look at it as. Yep. That's yep. really cool, man. And first of all, thank you for being a teacher, um, being an educator, because I, I'll tell you, man, that's, 
it's a unique skill. Uh, my wife, my, uh, not my wife, my, my sister, um, was a, um, a special needs like counselor for a long time yeah. in the school district and stuff. And man, you'd, uh, you got a big heart. I know that. And, uh, just, we need, we need more and more good teachers and good educators. So I appreciate you doing that. Uh, yeah. Thank you guys. For sure. sure. So, um, I have to ask because, um, you were able to find eight to 10 guys that like yeah. the film and, yeah. uh, you know, we've, we've come across guys, we've worked with some different people. Uh, but it's really hard to find people that are willing to film that are unselfish. Like, you know, I mean, when yeah. Corey and I started doing this together, we essentially cut the amount of time that we were hunting in half. Exactly. And we were yeah. completely okay with that, yeah. but that's not easy to find. So no. like, talk to me about like how that happened and uh, you know, how you were able to find eight to 10 guys, <laughs> that, what that looks like. Cause that's oh, man. Um, crazy. I, you're going to keep hearing me say it's about God. And, and it, I mean, it is because like the sum of the story. So again, I, I was telling you guys earlier, one of the guys on the staff is a former, um, I don't know what you want to call I, I taught him in golf. I was the head golf coach. He was my player. And then it blossomed into, he played softball with us. And from playing softball, it came into um, uh, driven purpose. And that's like one of my best friends now. And he's 24. You know what I mean? And he owns, 60 acres right now. I mean if you're 24 years old coming out of college and knowing that so like that's Aaron and then um my brother did not want anything to do with it nothing like he's like you're an idiot he's like what are you doing and then all of a sudden I took him out one time and when you walk and it was a turkey hunt he blasted a turkey I made the video stuff like that he was like I'm hooked like I'm I'm done what are we doing and then from there it just kind of tr trickled down Chad I met Chad walking on his dog on my road He's Chad is a huge um, uh, shed finder, so he finds tons of sheds. Well, I live in a neighborhood, and my decoy sheds antlers fell off its head. He thought it was a shed, so he came to look for it, and <laughs> no. we met. And I was like, "Hey, you want to film?" He's like, "Yeah, let's do it." So you no know, like, yeah. So like, <laughs> it all. just happens that like we met the right group of guys. You know what I mean? We started going into it like that, and then we all kind of help each other out. I know. Um, we pitched in money to get Chad a camera. Like we passed down tree arms, things like that. And and the one thing that I was always tell the guys is, if we don't get a kill on camera, it's, we're gonna have a hard time testifying to people. You know what I mean? And there's been so many times that God's come through with a um, a hunt where when we first started, we had like two kills on camera. Well, in the last two years, we've had over 20 kills on camera between deer and turkeys. You know what I mean? How awesome is that? That's great. Awesome. It's not easy either. No, <laughs> not, not, not at all. Not at all. And and um, we have two brothers, Colin and Christian, that are like the Drury's of Pennsylvania turkey hunting. Mm -hmm. They are disgusting. They kill between Ohio and PA. They probably tag out with both tags, so they kill like eight birds a year. You know what I mean? And then they yeah. get people on birds. They just with their jobs, they're traveling PT and stuff, so they're scouting all day long as they travel. They'll call us up and be like, "Hey, there's a strutter out here. They'll go kill it tomorrow." And then get four camera angles you know what i mean so like yeah it's just we all gel they're all good guys um mike is the co-founder of uh, northridge for wildlife forage um seed mm -hmm. and um awesome product that that we just use you know what i mean we don't get sponsored by we just use it because we believe in it and him and teddy are the owners of that and that was the first thing they said they're like we just want people who believe in our product to use it so they started from there Mike actually got started with Midwest Whitetails. He was a camera okay. guy for them back in the day when he was before he got married and stuff. So he brought his filming um, expertise into it and stuff. So gotcha. Yeah, like we have a lot of guys self filming. We have <clears throat> about four guys to six guys <clears throat> teaming up. You know what I mean? So like we do. We're, we're, if you take a day off and it's that guy's turn to hunt, that guy's up. And then I've watched Aaron kill 160 off a piece of property that I got permission at, and we never stepped foot on it. We were there for two hours. They came running by and he blasted and we were hugging. You know what I mean? And I thought yeah. I shot it. You know what I mean? It, it's just an awesome experience and it, it just adds such an element to the outdoors. Yeah. It does. We had, uh, awesome. we had uh, Jared Mills on our podcast about a year ago. I'm sure he knows Mike because they were both. Well, Mike was, I know Jared was with Midwest Whitetail. Yeah. Still is. So yeah. <clears throat> good yeah. dude. Yeah. Yeah. Mike talks a lot about those guys and everything. Yeah. Yeah. They're good. Um, talk to me about a little bit, uh, and then we'll kind of dive into our first topic, but, uh, I know that, uh, you're really passionate about, 
um, you know, what you're doing and what your mission is. Talk to mm-hmm. me about like the, the ultimate goal of Driven Purpose Outdoors and, and like where, where you want to take that. Cause I think it's really important. It's crazy. Um, when we first started, I think like anybody, our goal was sponsors. Our goal was to get a hunt on TV. Our goal mm-hmm. was to just kind of like do what everybody else is doing on the, on the outdoor channel. You know what I mean? And a lot of bridges that we crossed were definitely, I wouldn't even say they were crumbled. I would say they were got blowing up. You know what I mean? Like <laughs> we had a, I won't go into detail, but we had a contract with a group that we were supposed to go to TV with them, all this stuff. But then they asked us to get rid of our name and we just had a hard, hard time doing that because we felt that God gave us a purpose to start driven purpose outdoors. And we didn't want to give that up. So we stuck true, true to our guns and, and we walked away and, and it's crazy because we all switched bows. We all switched, you know what I mean? And that's when that whole bad taste of sponsorship came in is like, we don't want to keep, we don't have enough money. You know what I mean? We're not a, a lot of guys making six figures every year that like, we just don't have the money to keep spending on new stuff because yeah, sure. when you guys know, like when you get on board, it's not free, mm-hmm. you might get 30% off, but you got to keep buying stuff. And it just, so that's, that's where we started now to the point is, we started something called Bows and Bibles. And every Wednesday night, I would feel that that's our goal, that if we could spread that across Pennsylvania, Ohio, the United States, and got churches to start Bows and Bibles on Wednesday night, it's just getting community members, men, women, children, come out, shoot the crossbows, recurves, um, compounds. We just fellowship with one another for about an hour and a half. And then after that, we sit down and we have like a 20-minute devotional with one another. That's great. It's awesome. We started that last year. And no expectations, you know what I mean? That's You just do what you think God wants you to do. Yep. And um, they went from having four or five people there to next thing you know, there's 20, 30 people there. And then next thing you know, we're, we're putting on a Driven Purpose Sportsman's Night Out last year. And I mean, God, God's, God's vision is way bigger than any vision we can even think of. Yeah. And you would think to put on a Sportsman's Night, it was just an expensive thing. You know what I mean? Pulling funds. But between the donations and and our production company fund and stuff like that. It was a great night. We gave away a free crossbow. We had a, we had a Aaron's dad donate a free crossbow to a girl. And so we said, you know what, if that's what we're going to do, then whoever wins that crossbow every year as a kid is going to come on to our new property and do a hunt. That's cool. So it, it's just leading things <coughs> like that. And, and the reason we do bows and bibles is hopefully our own goal to answer your question is if we can just reach out to one person with a message and that person needed that, then that, then, then, God's sowing seeds. And, yeah. and that's our goal as Christians is not to get the harvest. Our, our job is to plant the seeds and yep. God will harvest them. So that's, that's where we're at right now. Yeah. Amen, man. It's so cool to hear people in the outdoor industry who have had success, but are doing it right and are doing it for the right reasons. It's uh, uh, it just encourages me and challenges me as well. You guys have definitely done that. You know, I see you guys are, have like a, a purpose, you know, no pun yeah. intended, but a purpose yeah. for, for every post that you have and everything yeah. that you do. That's um, God. I mean, if yeah. like there'll be times where I'm sitting in church Sunday and a song that we're playing with the worship team comes up and I'm like, holy cow, I have a picture that totally goes with that song. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like yeah. it's, and it's not, it's not our goal anymore. And I think when we finally gave driven purpose to God, that's when it went, it, it, the doors are opening left and right now. And like I said, with the production company, God was like, if you could film a deer, you could film weddings. So we started going into that. And then that's, that's just funding our passion and our purpose. Yeah. How many weddings do you guys do a year? Do you know? Oh man. So two years ago, we started five. We have 12 now. I mean, if I wasn't a teacher, it'd be too much. You know what I mean? Yeah. But we do 12 weddings and then, um, Jeremy, Jeremy does the long version wedding, which is about an hour long. And I do the cinematic one. So the thing that's awesome, I've, I've heard Hartland talk about it, and I believe it. When you when you really know how to film, the editing now becomes so much easier. So, like, when we go to weddings now, I know exactly what I want. I can sit down in a couple hours and wrap out that cinematic video. So, yep, yep. Yeah, that, no, that's, that's key. And, we, I mean, even though we've been filming for a couple of years, I mean, I think that's something that's got really clear to us, too. We used yeah. to kind of go backwards right like you go out and you film a hunt and then you build the story exactly. but if you can build that story before you go yeah. out there and obviously there's yeah. things that are going to happen that you don't know but yeah. the more you can storyboard it man it makes everything easier when you sit down yeah. and start cutting it up 
It does for sure. Yep. That's what um, I have. <laughs> I have, I have becoming from Pennsylvania. I have so many stories saved to external hard drive that are unfinished because we can't yeah. shoot a deer. <laughs> you know what I mean? uh, trust There's me. stories. Can't yeah. shoot a deer though. Yeah. Yeah. No, I can't know. access it right now, but yeah, I've got like a whole drive full of stuff too. Yeah. I, mean, I think yeah, we all yeah. do. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, it's awesome. Yeah. Speaking of deer hunting, why don't we shift gears quick? Uh, I think a goal and a dream of every hunter uh, is to own their own piece of property and manage that property and do things to improve the habitat. And uh, that's something that you guys actually were able to accomplish this year. Yeah. To buy your own piece of property. And I know it was recent, but you've <clears throat> kind of gone through some of the process already. And then obviously you'll go yeah. through more, but man, that it's so fascinating to me. Like I said, it's a dream of, of mine and Corey's and, and probably anybody else that hunts to yep. have that. So talk to us about that process. Um, we'll, we'll probably dive into some more details as we're yeah. going, but just tell us how that came about and, and the different <clears throat> things that you guys are doing uh, on that property. So it was a piece of property that Chad, um, when he moved back up from Virginia with his wife, it's his wife's side of the family. And um, he got permission to hunt it and he was hunting it by himself. So he was like, you guys are more than welcome to come out. So rewind about five years ago. Well, Aaron and I, when we started Dream Purpose Outdoors about three and a half years ago, we went week after week after week and didn't see a deer. Like, I'm, I'm not lying to you. I bet you two years ago, or I'm sorry, four years ago, Aaron and I were in a tree stand for 30 days. In those 30 days, we never saw a racked buck and – got shot out for about 14 of those 30 days and Man. that's our fault you know what i mean it is our fault but yeah, it's not so like you tough. can go it is and, and it's not like you can just go knock on doors and get permission yeah where we're from it's either yeah you can get permission but there's also 50 people or no we don't allow people to hunt yeah and it just it's hard and especially as with a family and stuff you just can't go knock on doors scout new property start all over every year and i think that's one thing that it's always been, like you said, a lifelong dream to get our own property. And we just got so sick of spreading our cameras, our time, everything to like 17 different properties and getting shut out that we we're like, we just want one property to that, put everything into, you know what I mean? Yep. And like I said, again, I mean, God always brings it when you're not expecting it. And um, something kind of fell in our lap and we talked about it and we, we, broke down the numbers being a math teacher that's all I do you know what I mean like I just break down numbers all the time like can I do this and it just so happened that we were able to do that and we were able to purchase our first 47 acres this um, March awesome. and it's it's just Congrats, man so surreal. thank you so much like Amazing. if you if I would have thought that I'd sit in here at 37 saying that I thought that would be like a 50 year old thing by the time you know what I mean retirement I'll have a couple years <laughs> left in me get some property and do it but it's just it's one of those things where Again, coming into it, we're like, oh, just to manage the property, kill big bucks, all that. And the thing is, is I'm catching myself right now inviting people to come hunt it. And we've never even killed a good buck <laughs> off yet. You know what I mean? Yep. We're inviting kids to come come hunt it. And um, I think that's what God wants us to do is to use that property for our outdoor ministry to reach out to others and give people the experience that we've been very grateful to have growing up. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. awesome. And so that that's one of the huge things about it. <clears throat> That's awesome. Todd, tell us some more like about the property, some of the things that you've done there, some of your future plans uh, with the property, just to kind of get a, get a better picture of that. And like, so when you first got it, um, did you, I think you said you hunted it before, maybe you did. Yeah. We've so hunted it for did. a couple of years now. Okay. Yeah. So talk about, you know, how you determined, like once you owned it, how your mindset switched and, and the different things that you uh, have done or want to do in the future and, and how you came to those conclusions. Yeah. So last year, Aaron and I were driving home from the property and we were going to put our first food plot in and um, we put them in before, but never on this property. And some of the property had virgin ground. So like a uh, four wheeler disc is not cutting it. You know what I mean? And yeah. we're driving home frustrated. And I'm sure you guys have been there before where you have something up here and it doesn't execute. And we're sitting there and we just said, we've been here for five hours and a piece of dirt hasn't flung up in the area. <laughs> and I'm like, I'm sick of this. And he's like, I know. He's like, I was like, I'm so tired of sweat and all the time, <clears throat> nothing ever to show for it. Yeah. So we're driving home and all of a sudden there's a for sale sign with a tractor. No. And so we stopped for Colin, who's on the team. And he's like, I, I don't want to do it. It was a Kubota. 
Well, we did it. Came with a tiller, came with a disc, came with um, a, a brush hog, all this stuff. You know what I mean? So that was the first thing. So we broke ground in August last year with it. And it was like I was floating on a cloud the whole month of August. <laughs> like, when you're on your own tractor and you're breaking mm. ground, like I have no idea what I'm doing. Right. But I feel like Farmer Joe. You know what I mean? Like you just yeah. feel like a farmer. So, so that started that. And then comes out, then we ended up purchasing property. So the first thing we wanted to do was we took this old Christmas farm that the pine trees were planted too close, close together about 40 years ago that they had to cut them all down basically. So it went from like a 40 acre pine tree <clears throat> farm to probably 20 acres of pine tree. Okay. They took it out about 20 acres. Well, they took it out right in the middle of the property, which is awesome. And they did it about three years ago. And that three, that, that three years and that 20 acres turned into like eight foot high trees and, and, and bedding. And yep. during the winter time, we walked it a lot this year. That was the one thing Dave, that we did more than anything is we wanted to walk our property because yep. we never so, had. So your bedding is in the middle of the property, right? Is that, yes. Okay. So, yeah. so picture a rectangle <clears throat> where on the South side is a main road. Mm-hmm. And then there's a five acre field. And there's a little sliver of trees. And meanwhile, there's woods all around you. There's a bean field across the road. And then on the other sliver of trees is our two-acre field that we got to plant last year. We planted a half of it in um, brassica and some clover. That's right. And then our 47 acres just pushes back in. Oh, okay. The backside okay. is a beaver pond, which nobody can enter from that. Yep. yep. Um, to the north is is a neighbor guy that hunted the property. And, and that was the one thing, hunting this property the last three years, we only got to hunt 10 acres because there was 10 guys on the property. And that's 10 guys on 47 acres. So that's, yeah. if Joe wasn't coming in, Mike was coming in. If Mike wasn't coming in, Bethany was coming in. And <laughs> right. they were all over trail cameras. And so, again, it's one of those things where you're trying your hardest to, to shoot a two and a half year old buck and you can't see anything. You know what I mean? Right. The deer numbers are there, which is awesome. Like to before they get too pressured, we would see 12 to 15 deer in our food plots. So do you yeah. feel like, do you feel like, um, I mean, obviously you, you can control the pressure now. We talked a little bit about that. Like, do you think it's going to make a huge difference this, this year already? Or do you feel like it's going to take a couple years till the deer kind of settle back in? Like I, I just, I've never had that experience. So I don't yeah, know. No, that's what neither did we. That's why like walking this winter, we just wanted to walk as much because we we're so overwhelmed. Yeah. Here's the nice thing about the spring. It gets, it's wet. Yeah. There's not really many fields planted in our two acre bean field that we planted this year. This is the first time we ever planted beans is actually very dry. And so we are able to plant the two acre beans. The beans are growing. Everything's good. We actually fenced them off. Aaron's an engineer. So he always comes up with these contraptions. You know what I mean? So like, <laughs> how can we save a thousand dollars? We made our own electric fence. That's cool. And it, it was awesome. Like, the, awesome. like I said, the whole process of doing it was like, I bet you we've been up to the property every three days. We, we haven't been on the property. We've just been working on the bean field. Yeah. So the goal so, is – go ahead. No, I was just going to ask you. So I just want to back up for a second. So you fenced off the beans. Well, at yes. what point do you do you let the fence out and you let the deer in? Like so, is that like a week before the season starts or like how do you – like what do you do with that? That's what – the main thing of fencing them off is so they don't get nibbled down too right. early. You know what I mean? We want them to mature. And we went with Eagle Forge beans. So they're supposed to get four feet tall. You know what I mean? So it's going to be yeah. big, green, and plush. So we fenced in about one and three quarters of an acre, leaving leaving almost like a half an acre for a forage green slash clover plot so that we have green on green and then we have green on brown throughout yep. the year. Yep. Well, the goal is to take half the fence down about a week before the season. And the reason we want to take half down is because we want to leave – now in PA, we have an extra week in late season. Right. Yep. And that extra week could go from 50 to negative 20 like it did last year big time. So we want to have some standing beans. Yep. But um, we also want to create a funnel with that fence so that when the deer come out to the beans, they have to be within 60 yards of that shooting shack. Okay. And then we're hoping that they funnel through the beans enough to get to the clover, which will give us about a 40-yard shot. But we'll put a scrape tree about 25 yards in front of the blind that maybe will draw some bucks in. Yeah. Yep. Now, is there is there rules about like putting a fence up like that as far as time of year what you can put up or, or not not really i, I don't we, know much about that. that's what we we're going to look into that just to make yeah. sure everything's legal and all that stuff yeah. but um i've been really nitpicking everybody's brain the last couple of weeks on facebook and stuff and and everybody i've heard has told me that um to fence it off in different locations stuff like that so i want to check into that just make sure everything's legal sure. with that but 
but that that's the game plan right now nice that's sweet that's exciting man i mean that's cool like i I can't wait to follow along with you like that journey this year and being able to like map out what you want to do to the property right. and then start to execute it. Like, like you said, right. getting on your own tractor, man, dude, I would love yeah. that. I know that's what <laughs> Me too. We, Me too. we, um, created, I, I created a little promo of us posting and I didn't post it because we have been on that end where we had land for 40 years that we hunted and all of a sudden it's gone. You know what I mean? So like, I know what it's like to be on that end and now I know what it's like to be on this end. And I didn't want to produce it because I didn't want to offend anybody, but when you hammer a nail on your first posted sign on your first tree, it, it almost gives you chills because you're like, wow, this is, this is really ours and we're really doing this right now. Yeah. Yep. yep. That's yeah, really it's cool, pretty, man. It's pretty awesome. Yeah. We, um, I, you know, we, Corey and I have obviously an awesome farm to hunt. That's my wife's family farm. And, um, you know, f- for the most part, hunting wise, we can kind of do whatever we want. He kind of lets us do what mm-hmm. we want there. We don't, really have the opportunity to to do like habitat improvement or anything yeah. like that obviously we're super blessed to I mean, right oh exactly yep. 200 acre farm in pennsylvania and he plants yeah. all sorts of crops on it so it's an incredible place um but there definitely is like another level to it where it's like this is my piece of ground and i can do whatever i want to it and yeah. it's yeah i mean just just the fact that like you know like there's a creek bottom you know what i mean and it's a really good cover area too just the fact that you know that you can pick to hunt that stand once if you want to and wait till the perfect time like we do have that opportunity right where there's really nobody else in there we know there's nobody going to be in that spot and you could you know you could kayak the creek in pop up on the bank and boom you're in your stand and you know nobody's touched it for literally the whole season that's the game changer about the whole thing huge yeah Yeah. that's what um i've never got into late season hunting like I should have because of that reason, because by late season, rifle season, everything's so pushed out and we just don't have standing food, anything like that. Well, Ronnie, who's, who's Chad's wife's um, step uncle that we bought the property from, he owns the other side too. And when you talk about your 200 acre farm, Ronnie was just so gracious. We store all our stuff at his property. Um, he let us basically put all the food in that we wanted to last year. You know what I mean? We didn't own anything. Mm. And and that was that. Like we've had we've had very nice landowners let us hunt, let us do whatever. But when you get to break ground and you get to strategize a property and it's not yours, that it takes it to another level. You know what I mean? That's yeah. just so, how gracious he was, but also how excited it was for us. Yeah. But then yeah. you also have ten other people coming in sure. and hunting yeah. off of your. <clears throat> I mean. Sure. Honey, basically that you put into everything. Yeah. Yeah. And I think even, even if you have a, a really good property, obviously it's, and anywhere you get to hunt is a blessing, public land, yes. private land, yes. you know, it, it just is. Yeah. And, but when, even if you have a property that the landowner lets you, you know, kind of do what you want, plant certain things, do habitat improvement, it's still kind of in the back of your mind, you know, our situation is a little bit different, but it's still in the back of your mind that, that person could leave. They could sell yeah. the property. They could decide yeah. someone yeah. that their yeah. their best friend decided he wants to start hunting and he's going to hunt it by himself. So you kind of have this thing where, okay, I'm doing all of this work and it could disappear tomorrow. Exactly. Where if you own your own, it's like, to, no matter what, like it's going to be there tomorrow for yeah. me. Uh, yeah. And it's going to be there for the next however many years that <clears throat> I choose to keep it. And that's That's got to be a pretty cool thing. It, it is. Um, just knowing that, we could plant beans and the the game changer is building a, a platform stand out. You know what I mean? Those are the ones that we never wanted to do before because we didn't know what was going to happen. Sure. But now that we do it, we, we we're building two six foot high platform stands uh, that's going to allow us to hunt our bean field on any wind. So we're going to have one in the bean field. And like we said, we want to create a funnel to get them past that shooting shack, but we're going to be able to hunt a Southwest wind or a Northwest wind out of that shooting shack. Mm. And now with, um, Ozonics, you know, I mean, not that we work with Ozonics at all, but I we we believe in it. That you guys use Ozonics? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. Um, I bought one last year and I left it on the back of my truck, and I took off and I lost it. So, yeah. I mean, who would have thought after meeting me today? Wouldn't you think I would do something like that? (laughs) 
so then Aaron bought one and we, we used it a ton, but between scent crusher and the ozonics, I rarely spray down anymore. You know what I mean? And we don't get winded. We just, you know what I mean? I think a lot of it has to do with playing the wind more, Yeah. but between listening to the Dan infault beast hunting and stuff like that, those ozonics will now let us get away with a marginal wind. You know what I mean? Yep. Not that we want to hunt a bad wind, but in case the wind swirls or something happens, we're going to have an enclosure, mm-hmm. soft-sided blind and an ozonics that we're hoping that we can just get him to where he needs to be before he wins us and we get a shot. Yep. Yeah, yep. makes sense. Um, talk about, you know, going into the season, it's just completely different for you guys, right? It's your own piece of yeah. property. Yeah. Talk about your approach to the season from a hunting standpoint. I'm sure you're going to want to do things during the season, maybe a little bit different than you have in the oh, yeah. past so yeah. that you can gather intel for what you're going to be able to do uh, in future years. So kind of talk about just your approach to the season yeah. from a hunting standpoint, but now from like a property owner standpoint and how maybe that's, there's been a little bit of a shift. So as a property owner now, and us walking in the winter, we feel very confident in our seven stand sites that we have now. On 47 acres, we feel seven stands can cover it pretty good. Gives us multiple setups for different winds. So you could hunt two guys on it if you wanted to, but we're gonna try not to right now. You know what I mean? Just like our goal is, we even said, we said, if we could shoot a 120 inch buck one time a year out of three guys, then the property is doing what we want it to do. Because I've, hunted Pennsylvania since I was 12 years old, 25 years. I have one buck over 120 inches. Mm -hmm. I have years and years and years of people on the driven purpose team, friends, buddies. I bet you I've talked to people. If we take it all together, 75 years of hunting. And out of all of us, there's about nine bucks over 120 inches. So that tells you how hard it is to shoot 120 inch buck in Pennsylvania. And not to say that we can't, or you can't, but be very thankful if you have, you know what I mean? That's be very, you're blessed and be thankful for what you got because not everybody can do it. And Dude, um, I, I couldn't agree with you more, man. I couldn't agree with you more. It's a huge thing that like people from Pennsylvania, people from Michigan, people from New York can relate with is that it's not easy. You know what I mean? And, and we talked about it before because it's not easy. You feel as a hunter that you need to be in the stand six days a week. And because you need to be in there six days a week, you guys said it best. If Johnny's not there, let's try to squeeze in today. Maybe get lucky. Right, right. And, and that's actually how I killed a couple of my bucks is a gentleman would drive his four-wheeler into the spot. I wouldn't see a deer. Mm-hmm. I would purposely come back the next day because he never hunted back-to-back nights. And he wouldn't show up. Well, then the buck would come out and I ended up shooting. Granted, the buck was 100 inches and 105 inches back-to-back years. Sure. But to me, a 105-inch buck in Pennsylvania, and people can make fun of me, I would take that. Now, not with my own property now, but I would take that every single year because in my eyes, a 105-inch buck is like a 130-inch buck in the Midwest, 140-inch buck in the Midwest. It's just be very thankful for that opportunity. Dude, I've been hunting since I've been like probably 11 years old and dude, just exactly what you said. And I killed killed mine, what year was that, Dave? 2016, 15? Uh, Yeah, something like that, 16, I think. And he's like 125? And it was public land and I hunted public land, dude, all my life and shot some bucks, but nothing like, you know, like you said, hundred inch here, 105, something like that. And, um, it's, it's a true blessing, man. There, I mean, you know how it is, man. There's a lot of guys that hunt, you know, 50, 60 years, literally and never shoot a buck period in Pennsylvania. Yeah. They're doing a lot of stuff wrong too, but like, right, right, right. It's a, people don't realize that. Like it's not a, it's not like TV, dude. No, <laughs> it's not. It's nothing about it. There's been times where I've literally cried in my stand. There's been times where I, I almost jumped out of my stand one time <clears throat> just because, like, you put all this time and effort into it, and there's nothing to show for it. And, and, and as a man, as a hunter, you think that you always want to be the best. You know what I mean? And, and I get very – this is one of my downfalls is I get very jealous and woey me when – you go on Facebook and everybody's shooting at 150. Like everybody's shooting at 150. And you're sitting here and you're like, I can't even see a deer. You know what I mean? <laughs> Dave's laughing start, right now. Right. right. You know, like, and then you sit there and the next thing you know, me and Aaron are sitting back and be like, dude, why can't we shoot? Why can't we see anything? We, it's not even shoot something. Why can't we see something? And then I get this attitude where, oh, well, he has better property or he has this or he has this. Because my, my whole mindset growing up is if I'm not good at something, I don't have fun. You know what I mean? 
And last year was a lesson that God taught me that was very hard that I had to be taught. You know what I mean? I had to be taught that just because you're not killing something or seeing something doesn't mean you're not having a purpose in what you're doing. And after I apologized to some friends, after I kind of sat down and took some time with just me and God in the morning, um, January 21st last year, I was blessed to shoot this probably 95-inch buck across the board in Ohio. It was like January 21st. It was the best hunt I've ever had in my life. And I saw one buck. We saw, I saw, I, I had to sell film. It was like negative 25 out. Oh I almost passed out going across the field because I had camera gear, two things. I had a body heater suit. I mean, it was, I, I looked like a hot mess. <laughs> and um, I was sitting there, I was like, I'm going to die in a field walking to the blind because I can't breathe. It's so cold. I was like, I almost texted my wife, like, if you don't hear from me, come find me in this 17 inches of snow. Oh my gosh. So I finally get to the blind and just like anything else, the blinds caved in. I pop it up, six inches of ice come flying off. It sounded like fireworks popping. So I finally get settled in there. Next thing you know, 35 deer funnel out into the standing bean foot that we had. <laughs> they, I'm sitting there, and I'm, I don't even know what to do because I, I just want to shoot a doe. <laughs> I go to try to shoot a doe. I couldn't shoot one because they were so huddled up, and oh. they ran away. And I was like, are you kidding me? <laughs> so then I was like, typical, this is just the way the season's going. You know what I mean? It's just, and you guys have all had those where it just yeah. doesn't go right. Sure. So they all come back yeah. out and then wouldn't you know it out of all the rut sits I had, this buck came out, scent checked every doe, lip curling on January 21st and Jeez. came right into me and I shot him at 20 yards. So and it good. was the best thing. It was, I've never seen that many deer one time before. Him. It's awesome. It's awesome. It was, so it was, good. it didn't even matter. He could have been a spike yeah, and yeah. I would have, I was calling Brian, my brother. I was going nuts. I was like, this was the best thing I've ever, you know what I mean? Yeah. But it took me, to kind of sit back and 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 get my thinking straight you know what i mean get my yeah. priorities straight get my life straight as an outdoorsman to to really enjoy that success because like you said Corey, the one thing we get caught up in is we get caught up in numbers we get caught up in in success as in numbers and i've had more successful hunts coming out of the woods empty-handed than i have with a deer and it's it's something that i've really had to learn these last couple of years and and I, I get caught, kind of caught up in yep. doubting, you know what I mean? Doubting the situation, yeah. doubting our potential, doubting our everything like that. And we just need to leave it up to God and it's all in his hands and he'll bless you. I think For everybody sure. as a hunter too goes through different phases. And we were just talking yeah. about this a couple of weeks ago. Like sometimes you got to like, you got to step back from it and you got to go, you got to really look at the reason you hunt. Like I know yeah. I went through years where yeah. I shot a lot of dough. And so like, you know, there was many times where I'd go out and I shoot dough and then that became what hunting was like it became yeah. kill like it was a kill and yeah. um and then i went through just like everyone you go through a phase where you're not seeing a lot of deer and you're not shooting deer and then you you really start to think about like that that's not really the purpose you're out there for anyway um yeah. and you start to enjoy it a little bit more i think but but you have to be intentional about thinking that way too you know right and 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 it's hard because you go in all gung-ho to that season and then all of a sudden like 17 days later you're like we're halfway through and i haven't even seen a bucket you know what i mean like it just you all you always put that time to be like oh we still got seven weeks then you say no like we have four weeks we have two weeks and two days we now have 58 minutes to shoot a buck or we're not gonna tell you know what i mean like, but now like that changes to go back to your question dave with our property is we've never had a gun spot my camp that we've always hunted our whole lives come gun season they just disappeared you know what i mean so i've actually in all my deer I've only killed three bucks with a gun. Maybe we just never had success with a gun. So again, hunting six days, but also hunting during archery season, I felt was the only way that I could shoot a deer. Yeah. And um, with the property, the way it is, we haven't got a single buck on camera yet. We've only put one out. We actually started running that cutty link this year. Yeah. So when we get back from Missouri, we're going to put out the cutty link. We got about eight cameras and we're hoping to put those in places that we don't want to go. So we don't want to intrude on the property but we do have a couple of stands to hang and a couple of food plots to finish that are kill plots that we're just going to try to do it all in one weekend and then stay out the whole month of September and half of August. Yeah. But because it was wet, there's a bean field in front of us, our bean field, and there's nothing else around really. So we're expecting as the season goes along between our greens and our beans that more deer should be moving in. And we now have 19 acres to hold them. You know what I mean? So like, yeah. We've known that it could hold 20, 30 deer. We've seen it before. 
We're mm-hmm. actually trying to hunt a buck called Erlacher. Okay. And again, when you have your own property, you get to name them now. Apparently, that's the rule. So, like, you have we've to. never named a deer because we never saw the same deer twice. Right. Um, so, we have this buck that showed up last year during archery season. He 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 just knew. You know what I mean? He's one of those bucks that just know. He was on the cameras in daylight. And this is what bugs me up, PA, from the end of gun to late season. There's that gap where you can't hunt. He was on camera every single day in daylight shooting hours, every single day in our turnip plot. Well, as soon as season came, it was every other day or every three days. Mm-hmm. So we got two days to go after him just because of our schedules and stuff. Me and Aaron went after him. We actually pulled in and did a ground hunt. We brought in our turkey chairs. We went in a pine tree. And for the wind, we knew where he was coming. We went and hunted. Again, did we see him? No. But it was so awesome sitting on the ground. <laughs> having deer 10 <laughs> yards away from you in the turnips, not knowing you're there. That and again, awesome. we took that, you know what I mean? That was just a successful hunt that we enjoyed yeah. and it was awesome. But Erlacher ended up changing across the road to the other property. We get the hunt and he shed over there. We didn't find him, but okay. we knew it was him still. So nice. we want him like he, he's not the biggest buck. He's just, he has no neck. I mean, his, he has no, his neck is like this big around. So yeah. like we called him Erlacher because of Brian Erlacher. The yeah. That's yeah. funny. Yeah. That's so, funny. Story We're gonna go after, back. I like yeah. it. I love it, man. It is fun when you start to get to name deer. I know. It's, that's it's what fun, like man. everybody does it, so why not do it? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, you got all it. the cool kids do it, so yeah, yeah. Why not? Um exactly. We probably never see him again, but at least we can say we had a buck called Erlacher. We, we saw one one year. We had one one year on the farm that literally strolled through and it was it was probably the second week was the second week in November. Something like that. Yeah. Dude. He looked like he had a sword on the one side. Yeah. He was like, you could just tell he was an old deer, like mm-hmm. old deer, like jaw hanging open, like completely just, you know, he came from like two miles away, probably cruised the edge of the field and he was gone. We never yep. saw him again, ever, yep. ever. That was, that was like our life. Like my camp where <laughs> we're from is just thousands and thousands and thousands of acres connected. So there's, there's no purpose for anything. So like you could hunt a trail and then the deer will be 50 yards away. Like, oh, I need to move my stand over there. You go to move your stand over there. Now he's 80 yards, the total opposite way. You know right. what I mean? Like th- there's just no rhyme or reason for what the deer did. We don't, we, we have the funnels and stuff, but they weren't strong enough between food sources to kind of get on deer. So we grew up with that. Like people are like, oh, I saw, I saw this nice eight point last week. I saw him this week. I was like, I've never seen the same buck twice in one season, <laughs> let alone to next year after yeah. that or whatever. Yeah. But sure. sure. But that's just that's just growing up in 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 the we call it the mountains up in Franklin, yeah. Pennsylvania. That yeah, makes for sense. sure, makes sense. Um, well, I want to kind of stay on a similar topic, but shift gears again a little bit. Um, you know, obviously hunting takes up a lot of our time and our energy and our thought. And then, you know, I can't imagine now owning your own property. The amount of thought and time that goes into that. Um, but just talk to me how you're able to kind of balance all that. Obviously you have um, an awesome family, you have friends um, and your faith is obviously probably, you know, you would agree is the most important thing that you have. So how are you able to balance all that and still find time to, to get into the woods and do what you want to do? Everybody needs, we joked about everybody needs an Aaron. That's the motto. Everybody needs an Aaron. Aaron's 24 engineer, smartest can be, you know what I mean? Just, has time. And so Aaron's our saving grace when it comes to a lot of this, like he knows how to do everything, you know I mean? Fix everything, all that stuff. So when we bought the tractor back to the tractor, he knows how to do everything with the tractor. So that was a huge thing. Um, yeah, yeah. Not only do I teach sixth grade math, I also coach the varsity softball team <laughs> in the spring. So there's nothing worse than a rain out and you got to play on Saturday come Turkey season. You know what I mean? So like things like that, we've been up to the property more than ever. Um, my wife's awesome. I mean, there's just plain, simple. My wife is awesome. Have I neglected it sometimes? Absolutely. You know what I mean? Have I, have I made hunting an idol? Absolutely. And, and I think with driven purpose, it really put things in perspective. My goal 10 years ago was to fill my trophy room. That was my goal. That's probably the last thing on my mind right now. You know what I mean? That's the last thing that I'm worried about is putting another deer on the wall. If it happens, it happens. If not, I've been very blessed for the ones that I do. Um, so the first thing is, is my wife's awesome and she, she allows me and I, and I hate saying allows, but like, she's very supportive of what I do. 
does she want to go help me? Not at all. Does she even want to step foot in the woods? Not at all. You know what I mean? We've been together for 15 years, married for 10. And we went fishing with the kids last weekend for the first time in 15 years, we did something outdoors together and she's not going to see this. So it doesn't matter. She had a blast. Like she's like, I got another one on, you know what I mean? And I've never been, I've never thought my wife was more sexier than anything. You know what I mean? Like (laughs) it was was like a whole nother element to a relationship, seeing her enjoy herself on soon to be our prop. You know what I mean? That that's huge. And then now that I have a three-year-old and a one-year-old, they're going to be four and two. Tenley, just loves going. Camden just loves tractors. So like the last two days up at the property, we, we cut food plots and we sprayed food plots. He went both times, rode the tractor. So that property now, you know what that property is doing is it's making my bond with my kids even stronger. And I'm a huge sports guy, played sports, uh, pitched in college, all that stuff, coach softball. If my kids said they don't want to play sports, but they want to get in the outdoors, that's all I care about. Yep. And, I, and I'm not saying that in another way. It's just <clears throat> the relationship between a father and son and a father and daughter in the outdoors is way different than sports because yep. it's you two and God on a stump eating a squish salami sandwich together yep. and you get to talk to one another. And, that, and that's the main thing that I feel God has blessed us with is I'm going to be able to share this with my kids. Yeah, yeah man. So um, just to touch on a little more your – the relationship, you know, with your wife or, you know, for someone out there that has, you know, whether it's a wife or a girlfriend (laughs) or or whoever, a significant other, whatever that might be, husband, maybe it's a a woman who has a husband who doesn't enjoy hunting. If you had to kind of put your finger on what has made that work between you guys or what advice you would give to someone else who maybe (laughs) they can't find that balance. Maybe it's every time they try to go out, it's a struggle. Yeah. They just can't figure it out. How would what would you kind of kind of say to that person that's made it work for you guys? As a joke, it's called shopping. So like anytime I go in the woods, my wife's like, I'm going shopping. Yeah. I'm like, crap. Uh, so it's like <laughs> right. she's got me dead in a corner. You know what I mean? So she sure. went. But it's it's definitely something where before kids, I never I never thought about what Megan thought. You know what I mean? Before kids, I never thought that Megan thought that I was away. I always would say it's better than going to the bar. It's better than mm-hmm. it's better than going out on the town. I'm going to hunt. I'm going to do stuff like that. But don't let that fool you. You're still neglecting your wife. You're still neglecting your home life. And sometimes that buck is not more than your marriage. You know what I mean? Or that turkey is not more than your marriage. So I used to, when we were first married, I mean, six days a week, I was in the woods, you know what I mean? Things like that. I made it a purpose. I was like, I'm hunting every day of archery season this year. And did I shoot something? No. So again, there's God trying to teach you those lessons where it is. And you know what the hardest lesson is, is I know he'll provide. I just can't get myself to not do it. You know what I mean? For example, last Turkey season, we took a morning off because our church was having a men's breakfast and our pastor wanted us to come talk. Do you know how much that kills you when you only have so many days in the woods to hunt turkey and you're asked to go do something for God that we were like, okay, yeah. I'm not kidding you. Two hours later, I shot a bird. You know what I mean? So <laughs> like, if, if there's not more proof than that, then I don't know what else I need, but that's the lesson where it's, it's, it's teaching me every year that you don't need to do all that. So putting Megan first, talking to Megan, we actually this past Easter started our first devotional together. You know what I mean? 10 years. Awesome. Um, it didn't go as planned. You know what I mean? Like we fell asleep with the kids. We would sleep in the separate beds and then we'd come to our bed at one o'clock in the morning. You know what I mean? Like life's not perfect, but my wife is the most important thing to me in the end of the day. And she is the opposite of me and I am the opposite of her. And we make it work because we never get, we never go to bed angry. I know that's a cliche, but we never go to bed angry. We never let things bother us. And we never blow up on each other. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Tenley's always like, quit screaming. I'm like, Tenley, I'm loud. Like we're not screaming. I'm just <laughs> right. a loud person. But like we voice our opinions. We might walk away with a little hint of attitude. But at the end of the day, she's my wife. I love her and I always love her. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's awesome. And just like, again, just to see her go fishing. I know that's something we're going to be doing a lot more. And that's huge. You know what I mean? That's to share something. I told her the whole time. I was like, we're sharing something yep. that not a lot of couples get to share. And we're sitting next to each other next to a pond fishing. I mean, <clears throat> one, it's free. You know what I mean? It was free to do. You didn't have to spend any money. And two, I had more fun in that 
15 years we've been together than any other time. Yeah, that's great, man. It's awesome. Yeah, I think something that you touched on that's been, and Corey and I have talked about this in length, um, is just like, you, you know, you said you talk, talk to her about it, just the communication piece. And I think that's huge. You know, you can't just, you know, for me, my wife had never been around hunting before. Yeah. And I, it, it was unfair of me to just come in expecting her to understand like how important it is for me yeah. and yeah. how, um, how much time and effort that I feel that I need to put in, in order to um, have the success that I want to have and enjoy it. And I think if you just uh, communicate that with your, with your significant other, uh, if they love you, you know, they'll, yep. they'll understand where you're coming from. And that doesn't mean that just because <clears throat> they understand doesn't mean that it gives you a license to go and do whatever you want to do whenever you want to do it. Yeah. Yep. But they will, um, understand it's like hey look like i've been waiting a year for tomorrow and this day this cold front to come in <laughs> seriously though it's like and if they understand that and you communicate that well yeah like, they're gonna be like okay i get it like go out yeah. and do what you need to do yeah. um but if you don't if you never talk to them about it you don't communicate right. about it you right. can't expect them to understand that's no. unfair that's and goes that's the teacher in me if you expect the sixth grader to learn this math lesson, meanwhile, you never taught it or talked about it, exactly. it's, it's not going to work. Exactly. It's, it's funny that you said that is because my wife didn't come from a hunting background either. And um, we really talked a couple of times in our marriage where I said, I was like, I'll quit softball. I'll quit coaching softball. I'll quit playing softball. I'll quit fishing. I'll quit all that stuff. But I was like, if you take hunting away from me, you're taking half of me away. I mean, God, God didn't, we didn't become passionate about hunting because of this. God put that on our hearts. You know what I mean? Yep. I can't build anything. I can take something apart. I can't put it back together. That's my prototype. That's my purpose on earth. And my purpose, one purpose is not to be a carpenter, not to do anything like that. You know what I mean? Yep. I flooded my own basement three times. I've done everything. I got to hire a person just to fix all the mistakes I've done in my house. Yep. I tried. That's just not me. Right. But I'm good at teaching. I'm good at running a video camera. I'm passionate about the outdoors. I love my family. You know what I mean? That's me. And that's, and that's not you. And that's not you, Corey. You know what I mean? That's what sure. is so awesome about what God gave us is he gave us each our own identity to, to use that and be very good at your own identity and yeah. not try to be someone else. And, and talking about it with your wife, but also letting them know that this is who, it, who I am. I'll never hurt you. I'll never harm you. And Megan knows too. I always tell people, if I'm too much, Megan will let me know. Megan will let me know, listen, yep. you need to stay home tonight. You know what I mean? She'll never get angry at me, but she'll tell me, hey, you need to stay home tonight. And and, right. and I've learned that I need to start doing that on my own. You know what I mean? I need to start. Now it's like I'm not going home tonight. She's like, um, what, what do you need? What do you want or something? I was like, I just want to stay home and hang out. You know what I mean? She's like, why, what's up? You know, so like. <laughs> it's like, are you oh, sick? Are you sick? Yeah, yeah. Are you still okay? We have a joke in our house that Corey has another hobby this year because like, and so to that, we were saying how, you know, you take hunting away and that would be like taking half of me away, uh, you know, and I always tell her this, like hunting is not a hobby. Like it's not a hobby to me. No, yeah. It's, it's kind of who I am. It's, it's, it's how I, I was raised. Yeah. Like, and if you took it away, like you literally would, I mean, I go into deep depression. <laughs> like no doubt but like yeah. there is hobbies like hobbies would be like rock climbing or something like that yeah. like hunting right. well it goes back to god created us as hunters right exactly I mean, we talk about it all the time like it, it's in us society has taken hunting out of us in in yeah. some ways because obviously we raise cattle and we do all these other things but dude if you go back to how we were created man we were created hunters and gatherers like that's who yep. we were and that's who we are that's at our roots you know and I, i'm yep. proud of that i'm proud of yeah. that. oh yeah there you know and that's where um in our household like i do all the cooking too you know what i mean megan takes care of all those things so we all have our own things that we <coughs> we split up too so it's not like the one thing that i can say is this is it's okay to go to bed with a dirty sink of dishes. You know what I mean? That's the one thing we talked about each other is Megan is okay if we go to bed and the sink's dirty. I'm okay if the sink's dirty. You know what I mean? We don't stress about the sink being dirty because little things like that, you go to bed, you're angry. You know what I mean? You're taking that out. But but letting each other know that that sometimes you come first or or you each other comes first, that, that's a huge thing in the relationship. Yeah, 100%. 
keeping your word man that's the one thing i've learned too it's like that i I did not know and learned you know from just making mistakes like that but dude when you say and i i you know we've all kind of pushed the limits at points right where you're in the stand and maybe you know it's it's you said you're going to be home for dinner at six and it's, you know, five 30 and you got a 40 minute drive ahead of you and you know, you've got deer movement and stuff, <clears throat> but I'm, I'm just much different than I used to be when it comes to that. Like I'll, I'll get out of the tree now because I know if, if, if I tell him I'm going to be home at six and I show up at seven, no matter what happened, it doesn't matter whether I killed a deer or didn't kill a deer or saw a deer. She doesn't care about any of that. All she cares about is that I told her I was going to be home at six and I broke my word. And like you said, not that she's letting me go, but in a way she's saying you can go, but you're saying you're going to be home at six. Um, or, you know, if I shoot a deer or something, I call her and say, Hey, then not, that's a different story, but, um, sure. Yeah. It's just communication. You know, it's just all about communicating and just making sure that, um, you know, you're both on the same page. So, um, looks like we lost Brad for still there, buddy. He's he left for a second. He's out. Yeah. Hope he didn't pass out from that. Yeah. I hope not. It's getting a little getting a little intense in here. His wife might have been over listening and come <laughs> in and <laughs> she called gave, him right out. Gave him the hook. She's like, yeah. You're done talking to these guys or bad influence on called you. Called him right out. Um well I have one final question for him, but since he had the There he is. Out, he's there back. he is. Yeah, he's, he's back. back. Sorry, he's sorry. Back. I was pushing no worries. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Yeah. We thought yeah, your wife was listening and she came and ripped your headphones <laughs> off or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. she just <laughs> she ain't married, sir. I know I these guys are a bad influence on you. Gotta get you away from them. Uh, <laughs> um, she's like it's bedtime, honey, come to bed. <laughs> that's right. Um well listen, we're we're coming up on an hour here, so why don't I I wanna wrap up, but before we go, I'm gonna uh, uh put you on the spot real quick for uh just one last question um what would you say is the biggest lesson that god taught you uh throughout last hunting season i'm just curious i i I like to hear what people have have learned and what god's taught them Uh, if you had to pick one lesson from last season that, that god taught you through whatever maybe it's a story maybe it's just the overall season uh what would you say that was last year for you definitely um as far as 365 day ago, that lesson was just trust my timing. You know what I mean? Um, from deer season to end up after deer season, we ended up purchasing the property and the property was all within like a month and a half. Yeah. Um, just trust my reasoning and, and trust, trust his path. The stories that I could just sit here and tell about mm-hmm. the, the doors, God's open, shut, things like that. The sicknesses in our family that we're dealing with and why we're dealing with them the deaths in our family that, and why do we deal with that? Um, just all goes back to if you can sit there and see God through it all, that's the most important thing. Uh, my dad's battling cancer for like seven years now. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, it's hard. It's hard seeing him not hunt. It's hard seeing him all that. But this last doctor's appointment, his, his cancer count got cut in half. So that means something's working, but throughout the whole entire thing, we're praying we're we're giving god the glory because we know there's a better purpose and i know where my dad's going when and it when he passes away someday and and there's a difference in our relationship with christ when you know that funerals aren't that sad and i didn't notice that until about a couple years ago but you can mourn but when you know that person has gone to heaven and you're going to see them again death isn't scary death is not scary anymore when, when it comes to that so that's a big thing that we preach in our family and, and we try to preach to others is just, just wait on his time. And the thing is, I can sit there and say it, but I need to start doing that more because if God wants you to shoot 150 inch buck, guess what? It's going to happen. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like don't push the button with your family. Don't push the button with other things like that. Do it, do it in a way that you would respect your family, do it in a way that you respect God and it's all going to work out in the end. And, and I know people kind of naysay about that. You know what I mean? Like they kind of say, how can it be that easy? The thing is, though, it is that easy. You know what I mean? Like yeah. we just as humans think it's not because we're, we're so little minded when it comes to his big plan that if we would just give it to him, sit back and let him take care of things. It, it is that easy. Yep. Yeah, that's awesome. It's so true. It's so it's so hard to so do hard. that, yeah. but it is it's yeah. so true. It's it is so true. It um, is. 
man, I appreciate that. And I appreciate you yeah, coming on here and, and chatting right. with us tonight and just appreciate speak, you guys speaking some truth. Um, man, it's been awesome. And, and I have a feeling that we're going to be doing some more things together. And really so. you know, we have really so. a, a common goal, you know, at the end of the day, uh, we were put on this earth, earth to share the love of Christ with people because um, exactly. we have a hope and um, it's our duty to share that with people. And we both have that common goal. Yeah. Um, so I'm excited to see uh, the plans that God has for, for us and, and your group together moving forward. For sure. No, I appreciate everything you guys allow me to come on today and ramble on, but just give God the glory. And, and I always say there's a reason that we're sitting here talking to each other right now. So there's sure. got to be a bigger purpose about it. For Amen. sure. Amen. Corey, you got anything else for we, for we I got wrap nothing, up man. Here? I mean, I just, you know, again, just thank you for coming on. It was good to, I know you got to know Dave a little bit over the last I year. I, I really haven't talked to you. So it was good to really get a chance to talk to you sort of face to face and sure. uh, yeah, looking forward, man, to, to um, seeing you in person soon. I mean, who knows, yeah, maybe this sure. fall we'll get together and do something. And for sure. I mean, we've been talking about some stuff maybe coming up um you know during the during um like the show season and stuff like that so yeah. um we'll keep in touch man for sure yeah, yeah. before Whatever before we go reach out. great before we go brad uh tell us how people can reach you uh where people should follow you all that good stuff so um we run most of everything on facebook we do have a youtube page called driven purpose outdoors facebook is also driven purpose outdoors we'd love for you to um if you're in the Western side of Pennsylvania, try to get to Bows and Bibles with us on a Wednesday night. But if you can't tune in, we, um, we do a Facebook live and then we share it, our devotionals and kind of the same thing like we did tonight. We just talk and, and we read a devotional together and just kind of, we're always there if you need something. So if you guys need prayer requests, anything like that, just want to talk to us. If you want a shirt, you want a wristband or whatever like that, reach out to us. We'll, we'll send you one. Awesome. That's awesome, man. Awesome. Thank you, Brad. Yeah. Thank you guys so much. I appreciate it. For sure. And thanks everybody out there for listening. Uh, I hope you enjoyed this podcast with Brad uh, from Driven Purpose Outdoors. And uh, we look forward to talking to you in the next one. See you. Yep. God bless you guys. Therefore, as you received Christ Jesus the Lord, so walk in him, rooted and built up in him, and established in the faith, just as you were taught, abounding in thanksgiving. Colossians 2. 6 and 7.